You're literally always rude. Every single podcast, you threaten to fight someone. I do not. Yes, you do. I you challenge people to, to fight. fight me. That's rude. I'm telling them if they have a problem, that they can bring it up with me. Like, I'm going to be an adult. I'm ready to, like, have this out with them. Why can't you have it out over a conversation? It's going to take too long. <laughs> invited i can't hear when i can't hear myself i just, just yell all right so i'm gonna turn you up some more <laughs> make sure can you hear yourself now yes. it doesn't literally doesn't go any louder <laughs> i'm sorry i don't have good hearing all right so to check your hearing no stop oh i thought you said no like you couldn't hear it are you can you hear it are you sure stop soundboard's a little loud. Maybe you shouldn't press it again. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Still my favorite sound bite. So, are, are we good? Can you hear yourself? Yes. Are, you, are you feeling confident? Yes. In your ability? Again, like I said several episodes ago, the issue boils down to if she cannot hear herself loudly she's worried that you won't be able to hear she does not believe in audio post-processing and i have so many things to say oh it didn't play my sound clip not possible <laughs> the button is jammed or something so what are we talking about this week Today? in our week three of spooky season <laughs> <laughs> Are you quite uh, finished with this? <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm not even close to finished. This week we are talking about Best Vampires, also known as Everyone I Want to Date. That's a really sad story. <laughs> Well, everyone, so this, my, my list was not constructed with your social calendar in Then mind. I guess you better press that wrong button, oh, dude. No. I make the rules here. <laughs> so, we're going to be talking about vampires. I assume we have completely abandoned our desert island premise for this, because I feel like what we discussed before, that taking vampires to a desert island would be really a bad idea. Although, it just depends on what kind of rules you have for sunlight, because... At some points in Buffy, they get real lax about that indirect yeah. sunlight. Where they're like, like in a room with an open window and they just can't stand it to the beam. And it's like, oh, maybe if you sl slept underneath a coconut tree, you'd be fine. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of spike in the shade. Yeah, this is exactly. why I asked you if you were done eating. I am. 
When you're eating when I'm talking, that means you're not done eating. <laughs> That's why I specifically asked you. I'm if sorry, you were vampires make me hungry. Thirsty, maybe. Ooh. Hot shit. <laughs> <laughs> so the rules, the vampire rules. First of all, the first rule, and I know you probably broke this, which is why I'm bringing it up now. Oh, jeez. Is the va- being a vampire must be central to being their character. Like they have to be a vampire has to be an essential part of who they are. So, like, Spike would count because being a vampire is an essential part of Spike. But you can't be like, that time Willow was a vampire. Or, like, some (laughs) alternate universe where somebody was a vampire for one episode. Or, like, some, like, headcanon thing where you've made somebody into a vampire. And they they can't... And I mean real blood-sucking, sleep-all-day-go-out-at-night vampires, too. None of this, like psychological vampire what's a psychological oh, vampire you know there's all these stupid movies where they're like well they're like a vampire they're a psychic vampire wait what about that Nicolas Cage vampire movie did you ever see that why are you looking at me like that what are you talking about there's a Nicolas Cage vampire movie where he like thinks he's a vampire but he's not so he just pretends to be one by like biting people going crazy man the thing is there was a time where like i remember watching like real vampires on a and e or whatever and being like wow there's people who think they're really vampire like maybe vampires are real and then you grow up and you like learn that no it's just like people who are way too into nine inch nails (laughs) and like they're super annoying yeah like like the kind of people cyber guy it's just cyber gods which is not a good look (laughs) for anybody uh, I don't think it's cyber goth. It's like Victorian goth. Right. Also a bad look. Trad goth <laughs> or bust. Like, so that's the first rule. Second rule was only one Dracula per list. Because, you know, like Dracula is such a prolific vampire. And I feel like between uh, the two of us, we could list ten Draculas. That's true. And so I, I wanted... That was more a restriction on me. Like, you have to pick one. Mm-hmm. And you can't just be like, Christopher Lee... And uh, Bella Lugosi and Max Shrek and you know and the Dracula and Buffy and Dracula two thousand yeah who is different yeah you could count him if you yeah. want I didn't I have a space for a third rule because I feel like I came up with one the other day oh no that means it's gonna be a surprise but pop I don't out. remember what it is so if I remember what it is I. I'm going to count it like I said it here. By remembering, you mean you're just going to make up a rule after I say something to invalidate the thing that I just said. Is that what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is Your face is saying, yes, that is what you mean. No, I'm leaving it here because I feel like when we were doing the pre-show discussion, you said something asinine. And just because I had a long day at work and can't remember what it was, doesn't mean it's not against the spirit of the rule. So I reserve the right to interpret an infraction oh, <laughs> later okay so let's let's hear it. let's have it you okay. go first so first i just want to describe Wait, where's my wrong button i just want to describe this vampire to you first i'm gonna go with sparkly slick backed hair or the like no let me set the scene for you it's 2006 i'm gonna set the scene <laughs> for you <laughs> this vampire is handsome. What year is it? He's brooding. He loves to read and often spends many time alone reading. He plays piano, guitar, many instruments. He off he also fronts 
I like that you picked the lamest version of this character. He also fronts his own 1980s rock band. Now, some people might think that I'm describing you because... That's true. But I am much cooler than He's a sad boy like you. (laughs) Like me, sad boy. Now, he's blonde in many depictions. Not in this depiction, but... But in every other depiction. So, I am talking about the vampire Lestat. But not. Who is you, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So, yay for me! I did it, guys! (laughs) You... You wanted to date him, and instead you dated me. And, like, I'm slightly less successful than he is, but way less likely to kill you. (laughs) That's true. So. Well, I picked Lestat, and obviously he's depicted in a lot of different things. I have only read the the Interview with the Vampire Anne Rice book. I didn't read any of the other ones. But I am specifically talking about Lestat as pictured in Queen of the Damned, because that's where he's best. Ugh. The lamest version of that character in book or film. He's not lame. He's sad. He's a musician. He's like kind of bad, kind of good. He's like, I don't care about these vampire rules. I'm going to tell everyone I'm a vampire because I don't give a shit. You were like, I wonder, I can't just put Gerard Way on this list. So how do I get in here? How How can I get... Uh, 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 2000s emo singer into this list. Do you know, I was doing some research about Lestat, and do you know that he has a whole bunch of other names that they call him? Yeah, that so, would make sense. So some of the other ones are the Brat Prince, a.k.a. Wolf Killer. Ooh, that's better. A.k.a. Damnedest Creature. That's weak. That a.k.a. Sucks. Rule Breaker. Yeah, I would go with Wolf Killer. Like, if you're gonna put one on your album... Wolf Killer is good. Like, there are certain circles in which the Brat Prince might be something you do. But I think that's, that's like, the one he goes by, the like, that they call him the most. That's, like, only at certain... Like, you have to be my friend to call me that. Like, you can't just walk up to me on the street and call <laughs> me the Brat Prince. Like, I'm gonna break your legs. I think the Brat Prince is the perfect name for him because... I don't know if you know this. As I did mention before, I have a type. Yes, you do. You have a type. And that type is somewhat is a little sassy... But has a heart of gold. It's kind of an anti-hero type of dude. Who's dark and sad. But he has a lot of love in his heart. And he does things out of love. I feel like we're going to hear this very archetype. About how many are we doing? Five five times. <laughs> in a row. There are multiple vampires on this list that fit the description. But that's because it's the perfect thing for a vampire. Are you sure you're not a vampire? Just double checking. I choose not to comment on that. <laughs> anyway, I love that version of Lestat. I think he's super dreamy. I like that he doesn't care about being a vampire, but he also he ends up like being the good guy, even though he's like apathetic about everything in the beginning. And I think that he's really cool. And I found out that the guy from Corn wrote all the songs yeah, for that. See, movie. that sucks though. Like. That- <laughs> That's terrible. That's worse than it being a 2006 emo band. You think they get, like, Wayne Static to do some of the vocals? He did the vocals on one track, but so did Chester Bennington, and so did Marilyn Manson, and so did other people. Wayne Static is the Diet Dr. K version of Marilyn Manson's Dr. Pepper. Oh, and shoot, who else did it? 
The guy from Orgy, I think, was on that list, yeah. too. But, like, Wayne Static is the knockoff... Static X is the knockoff version of Power Man 5000, which is itself the knockoff version of Rob Zombie. Burn. <laughs> like... Hot shit! They have one... What, Static X has one good song. And it's not that good. And if I played it for you right now, you'd be like... Yeah, I can see that you would think this was Rob Zombie. Like, you can definitely, when you hear it, you're like, yeah. Yeah, I I get it. Well. And I feel like Lestat's band should not sound like knockoff Rob Zombie. They should sound like Christian Death, or they should sound like Marilyn Manson, which does not sound like knockoff Rob Zombie. I think they do kind of sound like that, though. Just because he wrote it. I don't think that that band sounds like Korn. If you listen to the, the songs, especially the one that's sung by Marilyn Manson, like... It, it, it has that very, like, gothy feel to it. I guess in the book, his band is called Lestat and the Vampires. Subtle, isn't he? <laughs> well, going off of, like, purely aesthetic vampires, I'm yeah. going to go with Barnabas Collins from Dark Shadows. Oh, yeah, he's great. Who, like, nails that my, like, ideal aesthetic. Like, I get that your ideal aesthetic is the, like, rock star vampire who's, like, very, like too cool for school and barnabas sort of has my aesthetic of like i mean not so much in the way that he dresses. like i definitely appreciate the way the rock star list that dresses although i would be a little su- more subtle than that i don't like <laughs> as many rhinestone bangly things um but barnabas you know he's got that spooky ass house and he you know with all the crypts and there's always like spooky keyboard music whatever he does anything and he hypnotizes that painter and he's always lit impeccably yeah it's like someone's following him around with the perfect light right and he's very you know he speaks very spookily and i just love the way that his he carries himself mm-hmm. and that he's sort of menacing without being overtly hostile sure and he's got that bitchin black ring yeah, you have one of those. Yeah, I bought one. We were watching Dark Shadows a couple months ago, and I just bought one of the rings online. Because I need to go out like that. You do. I aspire to one day carry, like, a silver-headed cane. Although I don't want to dress like... Again, I have a real issue with, like, the Victorian... Like, too frilly thing? ...dress thing. And it's not that I think it looks stupid in period. Like, obviously... Yeah, I think that's the problem, is you, it's hard to wear that, like, next to an Apple store. You know, the problem is... 100% of guys who dress in that Victorian goth outfit, 100% of them have snake bite piercings. <laughs> and it completely breaks the thing. Or, or like, they have that, like, goofy, like, Van Dyke mustache beard combo. And it's like, you look like a B-movie villain. And you, what you, like, I, I see what you're trying to look like. And we've had this conversation about... Alexis from Three Teeth. Yeah. Where, like, he's one of the only people who I've ever seen who pulls off the, like, I am an anime character look. Mm-hmm. And he fucking nails it. Go look up pictures of that dude. See, but I wonder if it's because he's always... You, he's never pictured, like, in bright lighting. Every time you see him, he's in the dark. And I think that helps. And he's never, like, at a Walmart. Right, but it, o- it only works for him. Like, I've seen a hundred dudes try that. And I don't really know... But I think, again, the other thing with the Victorian clothing is if one piece of it's wrong, you look like you're wearing a fucking Halloween costume. Yeah. And it's like those the guys with the fedoras or the, that have, like, the 
the rings in them and then like the big red cross on it and you're like it looks stupid because if you were gonna wear like a, a cultured man's hat a cultured man's hat does not have pinstripes and a fucking steel crucifix on it yeah not usually like e- either wear the suit and look like you're wearing a suit or like go full hog but don't half-ass it i hate people who half-ass things so i'm not gonna dress up like barnabas i basically i'm gonna dress up like rockstar lestat but I want to live in Barnabas's house. Yeah, he does have a cool house. The thing I like about Barnabas, too, is that he's not specifically evil. No. He kind of has his own intentions in what he's doing. And he's maybe not, like, a purely good character. But, but he's, he's not purely evil. Yeah, he's either. not evil. He just... I like that he kind of has uncertain intentions about why he does the things that he does. As far as I've seen, there's like a million episodes well, of that show. I also love that he just like, he, for me, typifies the kind of vampire I would choose to be. Which is, I don't want to be like a, I'm having a press conference vampire. That's stupid. <laughs> and I don't want to be a sparkly forest vampire. I want to be a like sulking in the misty graveyard at night vampire. Because I would like to be a sulking in the graveyard, in the misty graveyard by night. Man. Manpire. Got it. Like that's if if we could a get vampire. if I could not be arrested for doing that now I would do that it. That is what you would do. Cause I'm fucking sad about shit. I know. I miss my distant departed relatives, and I wish my <laughs> house was nicer than it was, and like I wish all these stupid people would get out. Like I want to sulk. I sulk better than anybody. You do a sulk very if well. If I could sulk, imagine how great it would be if we had a, a big house. I could build a fucking cemetery in the back and like pump fog in and just like very performatively sulk in it all day i would be so happy Uh, you would like that so that's my answer to froofy lestat who i am afraid may be the high water mark of this list (laughs) in terms of cultural relevance (laughs) well since it can't only be people i want to date i did well are you going to say that one? No. You want to date that one? The thing is, I do want to date all of them, but I was talking about Celine from Underworld. Now, I picked Celine. What year was that movie out? I don't know. 2002. I'm going to say between 2003 and 2006. The, That's the golden the re- area. Is the research fairy going to let us know? At the end of this episode, the research fairy will tally up the number of your picks that appeared on... Between 2002 and 2006. Okay. A four-year span. (laughs) Anyway, the thing is, is that Celine is a badass. And she is kind of like the badass version of Belle. What? Yep. And here's why. That... What are you talking about? She... Likes to read like Belle. She has a crazy ass dad who gets into all sorts of crazy situations. She falls in love with a werewolf. The beast isn't a werewolf. He's basically like a werewolf. He's a man that got turned into a wolf. Yeah, but he can't go back and forth. A lot of werewolves can't either. Also, he's just a person in a beast's body. <laughs> in, when he's a werewolf, he's just a beast. <laughs> this is the word. No. Yep. I'm not and letting you have She this. doesn't care about the frou-frou guy who's like from a nice family, 
who everyone loves, who's trying to win her over. She's like, screw him. I don't care about him. I have more important things to do, like killing werewolves and reading books and being awesome and wearing leather. What she is is a is a overly privileged rich girl who is on a genocidal campaign to kill off the poor and downtrodden members <laughs> of her community. But she she finds out. Spoiler alert for Underworld. Spoiler Wolf! Spoiler Wolf. She spoiler finds, Wolf is staying after. I kind of like Spoiler Wolf. After Halloween is over. She finds out that, that she's wrong and that her dad, her vampire dad, is actually the one who killed her whole family and that there is just some sort of weird class warfare and she falls in love with a werewolf and then she starts fighting for them and I think she learns and grows. And I like that about her and I like that she's... One of those, like, tough female characters that's, like, not super interested. Like, she's pretty much just interested in exacting revenge, but she's not one of those people who's like, I gotta drink my pain away. She's like, I am good at killing. I have been trained to do this, and I am awesome, and I look great in a leather First of all, first of all. I would date her. I'd change my mind. I know you would. First of all... That's one of your beloved blue tone movies. Yes, it is. Oh, I love a movie with a little blue tone over it. That blue filter, something about oh, that. Love it. If a movie has a blue filter and like a really bad new metal soundtrack, like you are all about it. I will watch it over and over like, and over. If you again. look at the cover of the that Evanescence album. <laughs> And the music it contains. That's really like what you're... Oh, that's the high you're chasing. It really is. I had the coolest piece of promotional material for that movie. For Underworld? Yeah. They had they put out like a newspaper at the movie theater that you could get. It, was, it wasn't like a one sheet. It was like a full... Like four or five page newspaper. And it like detailed the weapons and stuff that they had found. Basically, it was like the, the newspaper for the day after that shootout in the subway yeah but it was like super cool and i remember seeing the movie and being like this is not nearly as cool as this <laughs> as the as the awesome in-universe newspaper made it out to be i wish i knew where that was because yeah I'm that sure sounds I awesome it, but i also had a giant crush on the guy who played the werewolf um scott speedman scott speedman oh he's so handsome and he was in felicity and then he was in underworld and i was like i will go wherever you go scott speedman you're so handsome Kate Beckinsale's so beautiful. And this is the only reason to watch the second Underworld movie is because they have sex. no reason to watch it. The only reason to watch the second Underworld movie is that they have sex in the back of a truck and it's hot. Well, you could just Google that and skip Sure, I guess you could do that too. Because every one of the sequels to that is stupider than the last one. <laughs> That's true. I would say you. the first one is actually a competently interesting movie. Like, it gets a C plus, B minus... In, in, like, quality, but an A for enjoyment. And the second one is, like, a B minus for enjoyment and, like, and a like C a, minus a for plot. <laughs> the problem with all of those movies, though, is that they are aping a much better movie. What? Which is they're aping both The Matrix and then the Blade franchise. And, like, Blade was actually an interesting character who you yeah. didn't have to, like, invent a stupid reason to, to follow. Well, the thing is, did you know Selene's actually based on a Marvel character? Blade is a Marvel character, so I'm sure they ripped her <laughs> straight out of that. 
<laughs> I didn't know that about Blade either. Yeah. They're both Marvel characters. That's interesting. So when everybody was flipping out about how, oh, well, Daredevil's the first R-rated Marvel character, I'm like, first of all, he's not. because, And second of all, like that was a long time ago. Yeah. Those Blade movies came out, and they were really good. They weren't just like, okay. And yeah. even though the, the CGI in the second one leaves a little bit to be desired, and the third one is not without its faults. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all really good movies, and the cast is super strong. Well, I know they've been talking about, or at least people have been mulling about doing a Bro. Blade Netflix series. And if Wesley you, Snipes says he's in. If you bring Wesley Snipes back, because you understand that you could go off of that and do a really awesome Punisher Blade fucking vampire hunting team up cool. that would be bad ass. <laughs> because Frank like would you know Frank if they if they had like a vampire mafia, Frank would be like, How do I kill these guys? He would be like, I'm gonna fashion some wooden bullets. He'd be like, I shot all these dudes and they didn't die and Blade's like, You idiot, you can't kill them that way and he'd be like, How do I kill them? And then they would be best friends. Yeah. Like immediately. Because they both want to drop those guys so i did have blade as an honorable mention uh because those movies are really good mm-hmm. and he, but he's not really a vampire really yeah i think that was your third thing which was like it has to be a vampire not like a hybrid or yeah, like i think that's what it was too thing well i mean they're all made up dear well what about the real vampire there's no look this is our favorite fictional vampires the Stay only for thing next wor- week like for I, our real vampire i would thing. rather have any of the of the fake vampires with no matter how evil be real than all of the real vampires that we have now. I would like to lose all of them. Like, I understand this would really hurt the sales of a few bands' records, and, like, latex pants would definitely have, like, a rough stock year, but we could do better. Okay. Well, who's the second... Who's another person? So, you know, the problem is I can't pivot off of yours because I'm not trying to, like, fill out an OkCupid profile with mine. (laughs) Burn! So... I am going to say, for my se- my second one, I'm going to use Kane from Legacy- from the Legacy of Kane video games. Sure. Uh, he's a vampire, warlord kind of guy. And they sort of charge his story through the game. And I- I'm not going to lie to you, I don't really remember what the story is <laughs> so much. Except that there's this guy, Raziel, who's trying to stop him from doing vampire shit. Sure. And... He's like the first vampire and he's like the most powerful, but I just remember him being such a badass because, and there were two games. That was what was cool. It was like at first it was Blood Omen where you play as him, but then they did other ones where they had Blood Omen 2, but they also did Soul Reaver, which was like the other guy. So you could play as Raziel and then you could play as Kane and they were coming out at the same time. Oh, that's cool. So you got to play both sides and this really should have been in our games that need a sequel. Mm-hmm. And I think we may have talked about it briefly when we were doing the, the prep for that. Because it was a really neat idea that you were playing different sides of this story. But one of the things he would do is like Darth Vader force choke people into the air. And then like their blood would rip out of their neck into his Uh. open mouth. It was fucking awesome because he'd hold them like six feet away. And it's PlayStation 2 so like it's not like super graphic. But like (laughs) just like huge stream of red would come out into his mouth. And then he would just like throw them. That's crazy. And he was a super, super hard ass. And I am going to admit something I can't even believe I'm going to say in front of people. But when we were living in Belgium and I was not doing any schoolwork because the school in Belgium thought I was doing American schoolwork and the school in America thought I was doing Belgian schoolwork. So there's about a three month period in eighth grade where I didn't do anything. Nice. High five. Hot shit. Um, 
my my textbook that I had flown to Belgium because apparently I had no oversight. Nobody was like, don't take your fucking American school books that belong to the city of Lincoln <laughs> all the way across an ocean, you idiot. There was like a script for a movie that we were going to have to read. And mm-hmm. so I read the script and I wrote a Kane fanfic script. Oh, that's so cute. When I was in eighth grade. What happened in it? Um, so it wasn't really about the story of the games. It was really like I took that character and like his basic traits and wrote my own story. Mm-hmm. And this guy is like trying to stop him from doing vampire shit. And then he gets fucking murdered at the end. And it's awesome because he shoots Kane a million times, stabs him in the chest and like decapitates him. And then he just like stands up and kills that guy. And I remember I showed it to my dad and he read it and he was just like, don't, I don't want to see anything that you do. <laughs> and, you know, it took 10 years before he cared about another thing that I did. Aww. To this day, I don't think he's ever. Oh, like, he cares about what you Because do. it was so awful. He was like, I'm, my child is disturbed, but I don't want to look him straight. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about the hot dog dream. So <laughs> I, I just love the idea that like. He's the first vampire and is super powerful. It's just like psycho evil and super intense. So that's Kane, Legacy of Kane. If you haven't played any of them, definitely pick up Blood Omen and Soul Reaver. They're, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, and on my honorable mentions was actually um, Jonathan from the game Vampire that just came out this year. And I think he's not the most interesting character, but I loved what they did with him. He's like a doctor who gets turned into a vampire at the, during or kind of at the end of World War One. End, of, it's still yeah, going it's like on. It's kind of the end though, and he's trying to figure out why this happened. And there's this kind of like dark presence that kind of lingers around him, and he's really interesting. And it's sort of a choices game, so kind of how you play him changes his story, but. Um, I'm kind of playing him as a super good guy, so he's really trying to figure out how he can be really helpful as a doctor and a vampire at the same time. And I think that's a really cool idea. And the game is really fun. Um, It's hard if you play it the way I'm playing it. Uh, But otherwise, it's it's a really fun game, and I don't think it got very much attention because it's like a double-A game. Well, and it really shows how criminal... The way that games funding is because like it didn't have very much money and it shows its budgetary shortcomings Mm -hmm. but it's such a good concept and like the things that they do work really well Mm -hmm. and so it's really too bad because i feel like if they had 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 the call of duty money yeah it would have been like the best game ever yeah well because i feel like it's like 10 to 15 percent Maybe like maybe twenty percent short of like Dishonored. It reminds me a lot of Dishonored in certain areas, and um, if it had had the Bethesda money, I think it would have been way more popular than Dishonored because it does some of that stuff well, better, and it's, even yeah, with less money. It's conceptually, I think, yeah, everything that it does is better. Dishonored is a shit show. So if they had <laughs> had the Dishonored money, you think about how great it would have been. Yeah. So definitely. That's a good uh, honorable mention. I really liked him. And I did want to include, you know, some video game vampires because that's the great thing about vampire fiction. And we started talking about this when we first were conceiving of the Halloween episodes is that, you know, the vampire is in everything mm-hmm. all across all forms of entertainment. You know, we didn't even talk about Lucien Lachance from 
from the Elder Scrolls series, who's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, not he's in Skyrim, but you kind of have to know who he is sure. to catch him. And then like even Serana and her whole thing in that was great too. And that yeah. was like a va- their own vampire centric thing. But Lucian is badass. And you can't forget about Space Lydia. Yeah, I love Space Lydia. <laughs> I called her by her real name. Just I know to honor her. I know. Um, so, so what blonde-haired, poofy-jacketed loser do we have next? That's so rude. Prove well, me wrong. Okay, Prove I think I have wrong. to go with this. This next selection was really difficult for me because there were two people that I really was struggling between which one I prefer. The thing is, I know in my heart which one I prefer, but... I was trying to really look at it like who's more interesting, who's the go, better vampire. Did you go with the one that in your heart you prefer? Yes. Okay, good. And that's Spike. Now, the Spike-Angel debate, if you're familiar with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, is a highly contested one. Which is weird because Spike is so clearly the superior character. I don't know. I think I think it honestly goes down to like the type of person you prefer. No. I think it does. Because some people prefer the sort of like sad boy Edwards of the world. Like Angel. No. I don't even think it comes down to that. No. I mean, I, I understand you're trying to give him an out. But if you prefer Angel to Spike, you're just straight wrong. <laughs> because Angel has one dimension. Like mope. All he does is mope through the whole show. Through his own show, he's a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I think... I think you can make a stronger case for Angel if you watch the Angel series. However, the Angel with Buffy debate is harder because, like, they're obviously not supposed to be together. Like, because that just doesn't work. It's not possible. Also, not possible. He does the thing, the Dumbledore thing, that I hate in fiction, where, like, he intentionally hides something from the protagonist that causes drama if he would just say what was up. Yeah. We would save so much fucking time. And in the end, he's got to tell her anyway. And so Angel is constantly causing problems that he, that when we don't need any interference, he's making things more difficult than they need to be. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the many reasons I love Spike, which is that he's super direct. He's always saying the things that all of the Scoobies aren't saying to each other. Like when they face conflict, when something's happening... He is the one to just say, hey, look, I don't have any qualms with saying this because he, like, gives no fucks. Yeah. And the thing is, is it's not like he doesn't care about other people because it's pretty evident across this across the Even series. Even from the beginning. That he has a lot of compassion for the people that he loves. And I think the thing about him, and this is kind of what I'm saying about a couple of characters on my list, but, like, they do everything out of love and it, it's they don't love everyone. So sometimes the things that... They do may negatively affect other people, but you know he grows to love the Scoobies and he grows to fiercely love Buffy. And he, when he loved Drusilla, he would do anything for yeah. her. And he, and despite the fact that he doesn't have a soul, like basically the entire time, and he still goes out of his way to help people, even though he's like tech quote unquote evil. Yeah. And I think that that's like a really interesting character. And by the end of the whole series, like some of the stuff that. He does some really bad stuff, but he also does some super redeeming stuff. And I think how complex he is really makes him a super interesting vampire that you can be like, oh, he has he has the capacity for good and evil, and he does things out of love despite the fact that he doesn't have a soul. 
And I mean, he does look pretty good in that jacket. Too. I know. <clears throat> Another rock star looking guy takes. He, there's a one one episode where the the someone's looking for him and they go up to the bouncer and they're like, "Oh yeah, that Billy Idol looking guy." <laughs> and and Spike's like, "Actually, Billy Idol got it from me." But whatever. <laughs> And I, I love that about him. Spike, I, Spike is who I aspire to be. <laughs> like he's much better than Lestat in the way in his whole attitude and everything. And do you know what's so sad? They were gonna do a Spike spinoff movie in two thousand four, and then they didn't get enough funding for it. And imagine how awesome that would have been. Dude, I'm telling you, I rewrote this whole franchise, and I think it's gonna be amazing. Like they gotta let us do it. I know. Spike Giles, buddy cop. Yeah, and your 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 Ripper. Yeah. Prequel My Ripper prequel, so good. hit me up, y'all. I have a Ripper prequel That's idea. Like literally, such a good idea. It's such a. It's let me make you a lot of money. I don't even. All you have to do is pay me what they pay me to work at the bookstore. Like I'm not even <laughs> looking for money. I just want to do it. But I also think Spike has a really sad, like, but good backstory, which is like he was kind of an underappreciated poet in like 1800s london and all he did was like want to write poetry for this like beautiful girl and tell her how much he loved her and she was so rude to him until he got murdered and i just feel like poor spike I mean, no wonder he got all screwed up victims aren't we all <laughs> yeah anyway he's a great character i think there's a reason that he's so beloved and that they had to keep bringing him back because james marster just plays him with like he's such just so he's just great a magnetic quality and he's such an interesting character and the things that he does and the way that he does it is just you can't stop watching him i agree and then the only downside to spike uh spins off into my next one yeah which is that the buffy the vampire slayer suck face is the worst <laughs> you don't like fucking, the vampire no face? it's so stupid it looks so bad and it completely breaks the immersion of the show. And that is also true of my next pick. Sure. Which is Satanico Pandemonium from, from Dust Till Dawn. Who <laughs> I think immediately wins for best man. <laughs> for those of you who have not seen the movie, Satanico Pandemonium is the murderous stripper. Vampire Vampire stripper, stripper who murks up a bunch of criminals and truck drivers and stuff in that movie. She is, I think it's Sama Hayek. Yeah, she's a giant snake. And she's got a fucking snake yeah. and an Aztec headdress. And then she traps a bunch of dudes at her bar and fucking murders them. And she it's looks amazing awesome. And the, the vampire face in that is shitty too. Yeah. However, that movie, and she, her, her in general, is just super underrated. It's such a great vampire film. I do think it's one of those ones that gets kind of overlooked. George Clooney is really great in it. Mm -hmm. Quentin Tarantino is not terrible in it. <laughs> Which is all you can really ask for. Tom Savini, a a horror legend in that movie. It's such a good movie that Juliette Lewis cannot ruin it, which she goes out of her way to try to do in everything that she's in. <laughs> she's terrible, and even she can't derail that movie. Yeah. But the the real the, the real hero of that film is Cheech Marin, who plays like fourteen characters in that movie. <laughs> is Danny Trejo in that one? Yes. I can't remember. Who is he in that he's one? He's one of one of the guys in the bar. Yeah, and he's just a badass. Tom Savini. Like he or he's is. the bartender. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. But she's so great. And, like, she's dancing. And she's, like, seducing Quentin Tarantino. And there's, like, this fucking mariachi band. And then all of a sudden, 
she's a fucking vampire and the mariachi band is playing a, like a dismembered corpse as a bass and they fucking kill all those people and it's just such a rock and roll yeah seriously and she is the the sort of primary antagonist of that movie mm-hmm. the focus of the whole story and i really like that she's not like not just a sex object mm-hmm. and they perceive her that way to their great detriment well i think that's something that the reason why everyone is kind of enamored with vampires is because there is that sort of inherent sexuality yeah and that it's mixed in with the danger aspect and like america as a country is like big sex is like a dangerous weapon and we're scared of it for some reason yeah and i think that's what but we also are obsessed with it yes and i think that that movie specifically really plays on plays that theme super well and i think there's some other things that don't other vampire things don't do it as well but that's kind of i think what vampires are yeah, there's sort of a hidden desire thing that mm-hmm. goes with it or a dark desire thing, yeah as, as obnoxious as that sounds so i think they play on that really well and i really love that movie and again i didn't remember her name because i don't think they actually say it in the movie and if they do they only do it for like one second but i looked that's a I was, fantastic name. i was like from dust of Dawn, i wonder what what was some hayek's character was and i was like oh hell yes I really hope there's a couple, at least a couple of strippers out there who use that as their name. Yeah, and their gimmick. They got to do the whole thing. With the snake. The other thing is, my parents rented that movie when I was 10. Yeah. Not even. Is that pre or post Pulp Fiction? That's post Pulp Fiction. Okay. They rented that movie, and I don't think they knew what it was going to be, because it looks like it's sort of a gangster movie on the cover yeah. of, the, of the VHS and everything. And so we were watching it together because we used to have like family movie nights yeah and i think that they were like okay well it's probably not like super appropriate but we know we'll have fun with it's like a gangster movie or whatever and then like they go to that bar and my dad was like you gotta go to bed now good night got about halfway through it and i never saw how it ended because my mom was like no you're not allowed no you can watch this in eight years so i bought it when i was like 14 because i fucking love that movie well, I do have another female vampire on here. Yeah. And it, this one was a hard one to pick because there was a lot of people from this franchise that I wanted to pick. Stop rolling your eyes. Don't put wrong because you have to let you have to hear me give my example before you press the wrong button because I think you'll be interested in what I have to say. All right, you have 10 seconds to wow me. Okay. My next pick is Caroline Forbes from The Vampire Diaries. <laughs> That was so mean. <laughs> anyway, if you've never Diaries. seen The Vampire Diaries, you might have the same reaction that Xander has, <laughs> which is that it's kind of a stupid <laughs> CW show. But here's the thing. It's really not stupid. I mean, it, it has some, some soapy aspects, but it has one of the most interesting universes. And it gets a little... It was on for a really long time, so it gets kind of out into the weeds in the later seasons. But, like, the first couple of seasons, it has some really cool world building, some really interesting characters, and it's very well acted for what it is. And I honestly that think... Means it's it, better acted than a paper towel commercial. That's That was... I like The Vampire Diaries, and a lot of people do, and it's a good show. It's not like... It's, it's one of the best of those teen shows. But anyway, the reason I picked Caroline Forbes is, like you were talking about, I feel like there's a, not a lot of... Of female vampires that are like presented in the way that she is which is that most vampires are like very sex symbol-y and even Celine who's like just supposed to be a badass 
she is wearing freaking skin tight leather spandex leather bustier jumpsuit yeah. crap now the thing that i love about caroline is that she starts out as like the per- girl that you hate in high school she's like on the the student council and she's like bossy and she thinks that she's like the best person ever she gets uh turned into a vampire as a, a pawn in another vampire's kind of game to to like mess with someone else's mind but becoming a vampire actually makes her like a much better person and she uses all of the strengths and skills and attributes that come with the with becoming a vampire in the vampire diaries to like make to become a better person like she's more confident and she helps other people she gains humility and she uses her powers to like help people and she becomes more self-sufficient and i think that's a really cool different angle to take on the vampire thing because i think most vampire stories are about like how being a vampire is like living forever and it ruins your life and it makes you sad but that how her becoming a vampire and kind of having to re-examine her life makes her like a better person and more helpful and i just think that like i think my issue comes from and i i appreciate what you're saying and i feel like the show is almost certainly smarter than i'm giving it credit for but at the same time like and this is true of buffy too like you have these creatures that can live forever centuries old beings and we're talking about high school for fuck's sake here's the thing there's a reason for it in the vampire diaries that actually spans multiple seasons like high school i think and and listeners please hit us up i want to know but high school's like the worst, most annoying part of your fucking life. And like, I don't understand the media obsession with like rehashing this idea that high school was like the most important, best time. Like nothing that happened in high school mattered. And yeah. if I was a fucking vampire, Twilight, Vampire Diaries, Buffy, whatever. If I'm a fucking vampire, I am not coming to school. Period. <laughs> I will stay home and educate myself because you know what? I've got the fucking time to do it. To be fair, none of the vampires in the Vampire Diaries go to high school. I am never using one minute of my eternal life to go deal with these fucking idiots <laughs> and get involved in all this petty shit. I feel like if you could live forever, you would just be like, I don't want to, I don't care. Whatever. Did you hear that Vampire Becky said that you couldn't take Vampire Josh to the secret vampire only dinner and and she said that you were too fat to fit in your vampire corset i would be like (laughs) i don't care about becky i'm gonna sick people on becky who will burn her alive because i am an evil vampire that's what it's more like that's what i'm saying you haven't seen it and i understand why you would think that way because you've never seen it so you don't know and i have seen buffy where it (laughs) is that way but i don't think it it has a little bit of that teen soap but all of the the supernatural th- stuff takes way more precedence than the, the the high school stuff, in my opinion. But I do think, like, it's it's a cool character. And I think the actress, Candace King, who plays her, does a really good job of growing with the character and I, playing I'll the nuances. I just feel like such an old man that, like, now, like, even eternal youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck, why can't we get one adult human being to be a vampire i just don't like i think that's what's coming through is like i'm picking people who are a little bit more yeah a little less dramatic so i'm gonna pivot off of you and give my most dramatic okay and favorite uh of the list my new favorite vampire uh which is count vardalek 
from the sad story of a vampire, which is a story most people will not be familiar with. And I only recently discovered it. I bought a big, uh, the, what I don't remember what the actual title is, but it might as well have been called The Great Big Book of Vampire Stories. <laughs> because. In preparation for this episode? No, in preparation for losing my job, because Aww. I knew I was going to lose my Audible, and so this, the the Audible choice was The Great Big Book of Vampire Stories, because it's like 97 hours long. Oh my gosh. So The Sad Story of the Vampire is made better by the fact that it's by this guy, Count Eric Stanislas Stenbach, who is my fucking hero. That is a great name. Everything about this dude is awesome. She's this eternally drunk... Oscar Wilde, like, gay, no, or Swedish poet. British-Swedish Balkan poet who was, like, never super popular but was always fucked up and, like, chasing men around and writing emo poetry. And I, I'm like, this is my guy. <laughs> like, he just moped his whole life. He's just, like, super rich. And so he just dressed weird and, like, fucked dudes and, like, unrepentantly 18th century... London, sleeping with guys, smoking cigarettes, and like he's like the super goth. If uh, if Oscar Wilde is like the emo king of poetry mm-hmm. of that era, this is like the, his goth counterpart. <laughs> and you know, I already love Oscar Wilde, so like the fact that yeah, Count Eric Stanislas Stenbach, I'm like, this is my guy. Yeah, you also look like Oscar Wilde. Thank you. I aspire to languish in jail writing poems look up a picture of oscar wilde people and it looks just like xander so the story of the story is called the sad story of a vampire which is already super metal and awesome (laughs) are there happy stories about vampires no so like this is like the the opposite of what you're saying it's like this is the super tortured vampire Mm -hmm. so he comes the vampire comes to this family and they live in the middle of nowhere and they have a castle because all gothic stories have a family with a castle in the middle of nowhere it's just gotta that's just like take it on faith so he shows up and like immediately is like entranced with like the young master of the house not the father but like his son and he starts to over the course of a it's a really short story you can look it up on google it takes about 20 minutes to read it's in the public domain he's been dead for like he died in his mother's house drunk of psoriasis of the liver in like 1891 or something. Rip. Probably earlier than that. Yeah, it's really too bad. And they just republished his work in English for the first time this year. So the vampire shows up and he like falls in love with this kid and he like feeds off of him and then that kid dies. And the vampire is like super heartbroken and crushed and like flees in disgrace. And the whole thing is about how. The vampire, the thing that he wants is to be connected to people, but he has to, the thing that he loves is also the only way that he can sustain his life. And so he can never make a connection with anyone because he destroys everything that he loves. And his curse is to sort of wander the earth forever, destroying the only thing that he loves to keep himself alive in a life that he hates. Are you sure you should be reading this? And I'm like, this is the best fucking story (laughs) I've ever read. So I highly recommend it. I, I wanted to put... A literary, a purely literary vampire, and one that maybe you hadn't heard of. So tweet at us or, or hit us up. I want to know what are some like under unsung, some like yeah, less mainstream ones. I am in my role in this podcast being the thirteen-year-old girl, yeah. and you're being the more cultured. 
vampire. Do you want to drag your last piece of trash out and dump <laughs> it on the table for us? Eric Northman is not trash. He is a handsome, tall, blonde hunk who hugged me one time. Trash. He did hug you one time. We have a we'll tweet out the picture <laughs> of you hugging the vampire. Um. So my last pick is Eric Northman from True Blood. He fits the same archetype type we've already been talking about, which is sort of the bad boy, roguish the, charmer with with the heart of gold. The CW bad boy, though, like the very like not actually bad boy, but like like you, your vampires could be in the Lisa Simpson magazine of like non-threatening. That's boys. not true. They murder people all the time. Oh, whatever. He murders a bunch of people. Yeah, but it's not it's about not a that. Spike. It's all about, but it, they like it's like super downplayed. Even Spike, <laughs> they're like, whatever. He's such a rogue. Isn't he cute and funny? And isn't it just so silly that he murdered that whole bus full of people? Well, anyway. True Blood. I really liked the first couple seasons of True Blood, and I think actually Eric is more sort sort of that like bad guy who's who's not really bad but he we were kind of talking about like the magneto kind of bad guy where it's like oh he does things in the sort of like brutish way but it's like to achieve something and i like that about him like he has to get stuff done there's a character like that in vampire diaries where it's like look if you want to get things done sometimes you have to do the dirty work and there's always the the character that they make do that but isn't all he's doing like trying to find more baby oil to slather on his chest <laughs> like, um and, and sleep with a waitress but he really loves he loves his um like progeny pam and he's like really good to her and he's like a very kind of kind soul and but at some point he like loses his memory and you kind of find out when you wipe off all the artifices and he has no memory, he's like just a purely good person who was kind of trying to keep up appearances of being a bad guy because it's cool and he looked cool and he owns, he owns his own bar where he's awesome. And I did get to meet him. My uncle used to do the special effects for the True Blood, so he invited me to go to the rap party. And I went up to Alexander Skarsgård and he's very tall and handsome and he looks even more handsome in person. This and is I, getting, it's getting a little hot in here. And I told him that I liked his acting and I really liked him in the show Generation Kill. And he was really surprised that I had seen it and he was really happy. And he said that he really appreciated it. And then he asked me if he could give me a hug. And I was like, yeah. I wish I had a picture of the look on your face right now. <laughs> Like, we're going to have to open a window. And then my uncle took a picture of us hugging, and then he asked if I, he could, and then I asked if I could get a picture with him, and we have a picture together, and it was my Facebook profile picture for, like, three years. And we will be tweeting that <laughs> picture out. Cause you can anyway, he was super nice. Alexander Skarsgård was really nice, and he's very um, magnanimous in person as well, although a little bit more, like, reserved type of personality. But um, Now, did he slather himself in baby oil at the party you were at? No! Okay, good. That's good. I'm glad that he has some decorum. <laughs> anyway, True Blood's like a, a decent show. It's like, I think they do some interesting things with the vampire thing. They have a lot more like adult type vampires. Adult that, in the sense that they're nude. They're, no, that they're not teenagers. They have this one specific vampire who got, who's like, he was like a computer salesman. And so he's like, kind of like 
older. He's, like, 45, and he's, like, fat and, like, not very pretty. And when they meet him, they're like, what the heck? All of the other vampires are pretty. All the ones that she knows. And he's like, yeah, well, when you turn into a vampire, you just stay exactly what you looked like, and you can't ever change because that's part of being a vampire. And so he has to be, like, a fat 45 middle-aged man for, like, the rest of his life. And it makes him hard for it makes it hard for him to get blood. I think that's a kind of interesting thing that they don't talk about. Which is weird because, like, fat 45-year-old men get a lot of blood in real life. Like, almost all actual serial killers <laughs> are fat 45-year-old men. <laughs> well, going off of your pretty boy vampire, I'm going to... My final pick, obviously, the prettiest vampire Which of Dracula? them all. Bela Lugosi. Yeah, he's so pretty. He's gorgeous, and he's... He, he gives off that perfect air of sort of, like, aristocratic, like, beauty, but also, like, vaguely menacing, even when he's being nice. Can we put a little clip of Bella Lugosi's dead in here? Will we get copyrighted? I mean, I don't know. Why would you... That's what you want to say about him? That you want to be like, oh, he's dead. No, I just, Rather than play some no! beautiful moment of him saying something. I think that song sums up kind of his thing, because it's like kind of spooky but it's beautiful and it's got this like really cool mood to it i also want to sh- a, a dishonorable mention to whoever did the cover of bella lugosi's dead that was in that versace ad you should be murdered in your sleep <laughs> that's a little harsh. it's disrespectful to the song and to bella lugosi bella lugosi is so good as dracula he's perfect we, we just watched that it was our first movie for our 31 Days of Horror movies. Yeah. And it was a great way to kick off the 31 He's Days. He's just so great. And that look, that super intense look that he gives, is just, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love him. And, and I think when you think vampire, you think Bela Lugosi Dracula. Yeah. That's right where your mind goes. If you told somebody, hey, you have to dress up as, like, you have to draw a vampire or, like, pick a vampire out of a lineup, they're always going to pick that picture yeah. of the, the, the white tuxedo shirt and the cape. And like regal but mysterious. And the black and crow dangerous. peak and the whole thing. So, so much of the aesthetic is tied up in that performance that I think that, to me, that's the classic. That's the number one. Yeah. And I do want to give a couple of shout outs to like some other Draculas. Uh, specifically Christopher Lee in the Hammer mm-hmm. Dracula movies because he's fucking scary. And Lugosi is charming and menacing but not scary and christopher lee is fucking scary yeah i also would give a shout out to the dracula that appears in the costova novel the historian which if you haven't read is one of those great books if you have a big pillar candle light a big pillar candle and read the historian by elizabeth costova it's amazing and it's so scary but you have to read it in that sort of spooky atmosphere it reminds me a lot of a vampire da vinci code but Smart, way smarter. It's really, it's a great book. And then, although not technically v- Dracula on paper, I want to give a shout out to all three men who portrayed Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. Max Shrek, who played Nosferatu in Nosferatu. Willem Dafoe, who played Max Shrek and Nosferatu in the criminally underrated Shadow of the Vampire. And Klaus Kinski, who played Nosferatu in the Werner Herzog 1979 remake all three of them do a really great job and if you don't know that's that's count orlock who is dracula they changed his name because when they said they were going to make the movie based on the play 
Bram Stoker's widow was like, no, you're not. And they were like, yes, we are. And she was like, I don't give you permission. And so they changed the name to try to get around the copyright, which they failed to do. And she successfully sued them. And Oops. all copies of that movie were supposed to be destroyed. And I want to thank the unsung heroes of history who, didn't destroy, who did not destroy that classic it, piece yeah. of cinema. Because it's, I think that's probably one of the scarier ones. He is so scary. Mm-hmm. Shadow of the Vampire is a fictionalized retelling of how they made that movie that's really great. And you should definitely check it out. All of these versions of Dracula are missing a an important piece of the character that was in the novel, which is his very pronounced mustache. Oh, he had a mustache? He had a mustache. Well, I wonder why they decided to get rid of it, just because it's a little cleaner. I, I, I don't know. I feel like it must be, maybe. But, he, but Bela Lugosi didn't have it, and after that, now, you know. Yeah, now he never. It makes sense that he wouldn't. I also, think it makes, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, what, what a lot of people don't know also is that uh, Lugosi was Dracula on the stage first. And I think it's that thick Hungarian accent projects that sort of air of, of other, otherworldliness. Yeah, yeah. Of, of otherness and, and menace that he's so so beautiful uh, at, at doing. Do you have any honorable mentions you want to toss out? Yeah, I think another Dracula that we shouldn't forget is the Count from Sesame Street. I also have, he's not Dracula though. He's just he's the just Count. He's just a Count. He's Count von Count. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. He's not Dracula. He's not Dracula. He's just a count. But he's a vampire we should not And forget. I No, if you look here on my list, he's number one, the count. <laughs> says to be I love him. The vampire all children love. He's just great. Mm-hmm. Also, if you haven't seen it, you have to check out the, the bit of The Simpsons <laughs> where Marge, where Marge screams him. at him to go back to his own country. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really great. I love the count. I've always loved the count. One. Uh, uh, two, uh, 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 three bets, and like you know that to me, I love the idea that like you could have a spooky character that's like not scary, it's friendly, it's like fun for kids. Well, I was also gonna say honorable mention to the vampire family in Hotel Transylvania. I like them. He's Dracula. Yeah. He he. Oh, he is Dracula. Okay, I like him a, a lot. A surprisingly cute movie. Yeah, and that's another one that's kind of like the Count, which is like things could be spooky. And still cute and fun. And I like that as a concept. I'm also going to toss out Count Chocula. Oh, yeah. You can't forget Count Chocula. Who is great. Who who is delicious. Who I look forward to every year. He's my favorite. My only other one. Do you have another one? No. The other ones I've already kind of mentioned, which is like some of the other members of the Vampire Diaries cast. I think there's a lot of cool, different, interesting vampires in there. And then... um, Angel, obviously, as well, which we kind of talked about. <laughs> well, I want to toss out Lord Ruthven, who's really the first of the modern era gothic vampires. He predates Dracula's novel. That's really the only interesting thing about him, but the guy who wrote that story was super pissed. I'm sure. I want to give a dishonorable mention to the Dark Universe Dracula Unchained. He's not that bad. That movie it was, was Dracula Untold. Whatever. And that guy was not bad. That movie was just not a good idea. They should have done something different. I also would like to give a big fuck you dishonorable mention to... to the mummy? No. I mean, yes, that was terrible. But to Gary Oldman, who I love, as Dracula and Bram Stoker's Dracula, the stupidest movie I've ever watched. I would like to know, if you liked that movie, Fuck why? you. Fight me. No. Oh my god, I almost got to the end of the episode without saying I can't believe... Well, you said it at the very beginning. Yeah, but we were just talking about it. <laughs> oh my god, I almost missed it. Oh, are you okay? I was... Wor- are you uh, going to be okay? I'm going to have to say it again. You, fight- have, 
You haven't been feeling well. No, I I woke up this morning and I couldn't breathe, and then I, in order to get my breathing restarted, threw up, which was awesome. Uh, well, maybe. That was a really cool 6 a.m. Maybe you need to drink some blood. Yes, that's probably what it is. We'll have to go out and find somebody. Blood donors wanted. <laughs> but fight me because that movie sucks. And if you're one of those people who criticizes Keanu Reeves' accent in that he's movie, he's not the worst. He's part not of that, that bad. It's not that bad. First of all, I'm here. It comes. I'm going on the tangent. Oh boy. If you're one of those Anglophile people who like consistently fellates the the British character or the British accent as though it's somehow above all other things and beyond reproach, fuck yourself. Like <laughs> the British accent and British people are responsible for like ninety five percent of all the world's misery. Dang. Am I? Where's the lie? <laughs> All the terrible shit America did is only because of the terrible shit England did. I mean, I guess so. Hashtag the worst. <laughs> uh, but get bent because it wasn't, I mean, it was not a great, but it's not like he, people sort of talk about it like he did Bill from Bill and Ted. Or, and or that he's Ted, the only problem with that movie. That like without, if they had yeah, replaced the him, it would have been amazing. The disastrous pacing or the cripplingly bad Winona Ryder performance. Did like not I feel like it. they act like he's Cameron Diaz from yes, Gangs of New York, exactly. but it's like he's, he's not, not Cameron even Diaz. close to that bad. He's not even close to that bad. And that movie sucked. And if you're gonna watch a Dracula movie, there's you we watch listed a bunch, a of bunch ones. of really good ones. Fight me. <laughs> Die mad about it. Yeah. So, best vampire. Go. I have to go with Spike. He's an old favorite. He's a really interesting person. Surprise, surprise. Not a surprise. I know. I'm being... I may have a heart attack and die from that surprise. But I just think that he's the best. He's so interesting. I think he does a lot with the vampire character and all those things. And I will love him forever. All right. Before I say mine, here I'm going to give a space right here for the research fairy to tell us how many of those things came out between 2002 and 2006. I am going to say all of them. Research fairy! Hey, it's the research fairy. This simple question actually had a pretty complicated answer. Let's break it down by individual pick. Lestat, as he appeared in Queen of the Damned, was 2002. I was right about that one. Celine in Underworld, 2003. Spike appeared in Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1997 to 2003, placing him firmly in the range as well. Where it really broke down was Vampire Diaries and True Blood, which appeared... True Blood started in 2008, and Vampire Diaries was 2009. So I guess technically the four-year span that I chose didn't encompass all five picks. However, starting with Spike appearing in 1997 to the beginning of Vampire Diaries... That still gives us a range of 12 years, 1997 to 2009, for the entirety of her picks. When we look the other way, all of them, by the way, appearing between 2000 and 2010. One decade comprising the entirety of her picks. On the other hand, Bela Lugosi was Dracula in 1931. Barnabas Collins first appeared in Dark Shadows in 1966. Count Vardalek appeared in a story roughly 1893. It was hard for me to pin down an exact date. And then Kane and Satanico Pandemonium both appeared in 1996, the only one that appears like that in the same year. Giving my total range, 1893 to 1996, of 103 years. None of them appearing after the year 2000. Kind of shows you where our priorities lay. Anyway, back to me.
You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I told you. Anyway, I'm going to say I'm torn between saying classic Dracula, uh, but I am going to say Count Vardalek only because I want to bring that back. And I really want to encourage our listeners to check out the story yeah. and to learn more about that guy. So that's where I'm at. We're going to now ask the question we ask every week to see if you remembered to write down what I next didn't. week's thing is. So <laughs> One second, I have to go find my planner. I Every week with this. <laughs> where is it? Next week's topic is Top Haunted Places. <laughs> So, we'll see you next week. I'm really excited to talk about haunted places. I'm also really interested to hear like who are your favorite vampires? Like let's let's hear about it. I want to talk about it with you. Are you upset we didn't include anyone from Twilight? Fuck yourself if you will fight me. <laughs> die mad about it. Go to hell. No Twilight allowed. Also, for the love of God, rate the damn show on iTunes. And Come review. on. We love help we would me love it. Help you. I've asked nicely. I've asked not so nicely. I know where many of you live. I will fight you about it. Do you want to fight me? Or do you want to fight me button? You guys, you don't want to fight him. I will send you a fight me button. <laughs> You'll be part of the select Always group. threats with you. Threats. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us on the Desert Island Society. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and on our Twitter. Check out our twitter because there's all sorts of funny shit going on yep remember to tweet out hashtag abolish christmas <laughs> uh, and uh stay spooky stay spooky we'll see you next week